Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 to 1. Monday Motivation. Motivation. On LMFM. When Tammy Darcy was 14, her life changed dramatically. Her older sister was diagnosed with an acquired brain injury, which left her needing round-the-clock care. Her parents separated and Tammy was being bullied at school. All of this led to her going from an A student to struggling at school, moving out of home at 16 and having her first son by 19. Tammy strongly feels that there had, be, had there been intervention or some support for her to make sense of these difficult experiences and how to deal with what she, what she was going through, she may not have made some of the choices that she did. However, determined to make a positive impact, she went on to earn a degree in human resources management, followed by an MA in business management and five years ago set up a non-profit organisation called The Shona Project. She's dedicated her life to helping teenage girls realise their rightful place in the world. She's helped over 13,000 teenage girls and that's growing across Ireland and she's just written a book called You've Got This. I'm delighted to have award-winning social entrepreneur, founder of The Shona Project, Tammy Darcy with me from Monday Motivation. How are you doing, Tammy? Good morning. What a nice intro. You oh. saved me explaining a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to give an outline on uh, that's just a cr- scratching the surface, of course, of, of your amazing work that, and what you've been doing. But take mm. me back to age 14, because this is when things started to change so dramatically for you. Tell me about Shona, because um, this is when you noticed that all wasn't going so well with her. Yeah, so there's a year between us and we were we were really, really close. Like we lived out in the country, so we didn't have like loads of groups of friends. We were kind of each other's little support system, um, even though, you know, we, we fought like cats and dogs. Don't get me wrong a lot of the time, too. But that's just how sisters are, I think, at that age. Um, and I, I, I the first time I noticed it was we were walking. We lived on top of a hill and we were walking down over the hill one day um, into the village to to go hang out there and halfway down the hill she sat down and said that she couldn't walk um and I like I mean we'd been walking that hill since we were like five or six and she was 15 at the time so I just didn't understand it and thought she was being dramatic but in the end I had to go home and get my dad to come down and he had to carry her home and I think they'd been noticing symptoms for a while but that's the first time I noticed it and very soon after that she was diagnosed with um, a type of brain tumor um that that had been there for quite a while, but had been uh, exasperated by the hormones of her teenage years. Um, 
And that's kind of where her illness started. She uh, has had a lot of physical and mental difficulties over the year and over the years. And she now lives in full time nursing care where she has for the majority of her her adult life. So she's bedridden and she's pretty shut off from the world uh, as it is. And sadly, we haven't seen her in over a year because um because of COVID, we haven't been able to travel mm. to go and see her. Um, so, but she's she's doing okay. You know, she's just had her second vaccine, so hopefully, um, hopefully she'll she'll come through this and we'll get to see her soon. And you know, I can't imagine you know what that must have been like. As you said, yes, you fought like cats and dogs, but you were so close in age. There's so many things as sisters that you would have missed out on. Did you feel like she had died? I didn't feel like she had died, and that's kind of where I think one of the big issues for me at the time was that I nobody acknowledged it as a loss and it Mm. was a huge loss um everybody just acted like let's just carry on as normal um and like she was the first face that I saw every day and the last face that I saw every night before we went to sleep because we shared a room and our beds were you know about a meter apart from each other and what I realize now is that there's so much more to loss than grieving somebody who's passed away because you can grieve, you know, somebody like that who's got a lot a long time illness and um that that relationship that you had is no longer there. Or, you know, if your parents separate or one of your parents becomes estranged to you, or, you know, friendships, especially at that age, like our friendships are so important and sometimes friendships don't work out, and that's a huge loss. And I think we've really come to recognize in the last year the opportunities that we thought we'd have, you know, whether it's even sitting the junior cert or playing on a team or, you know, um, going out with your friends to a festival or any of those things, we have to grieve for that as well. So I think that's one of the key things that I've realized is that I was going through a loss at the time, but didn't even realize Mm. until years later that that's what I was struggling with. And, you know, life became more difficult, you know, home and school life were disrupted, turbulent, to say the least. least, if you were to look back and sum up that time in your life in a sentence or in a couple of words, how would you describe it? I mean, it was very stressful. Um, You know, I always say we're, we're at an age where you're trying to find your feet. But if the ground that's underneath you is moving constantly and you don't have any security, it's impossible because you go into survival mode um, and, this, you know, you don't even recognize the stress that you're under. Like I was going from a very stressful situation in school where I used to hide in toilet cubicles all day, all, all through break time and lunchtime. And then it got so bad that I'd have to climb over the back wall of the school to get away from her because she would wait at the front gate. And then I'd I'd kind of maneuver myself around so I could get the bus and then I get on the bus and take a deep breath and then have to go home to a very stressful situation at home and there's so many young people living like Mm. that under that level of stress and actually one in seven of our young people are showing signs of of PTSD which they get from just living under constant stress and being in, in survival mode a lot of the time. Um, so wow, I, okay, I, I, one I, in seven. That's that's a fairly shocking high dis- uh, statistic. Yeah, and I mean, we know one or th- one in three is struggling mm. with anxiety or depression. Um, so, I, I, you know, and I do think it's such a hard time, but you're also really concerned about things that might seem flippant to us at this age, like, you know, they like a boy mm. or, 
you know, they might, they might, uh, you know, have spots or, you know, they might be just trying to fit in and trying to twist themselves into versions of themselves to fit in. So like, they're all like, and I have to say, like, while I was going through very serious loss at home, I probably spent more of my time worrying about the spots on yeah. my hairline and how I was going to get rid of them because, you know, they are, they're equally important to us. So I just think there's a lot going on for that age. And sometimes we don't take it as seriously as parents or as, you know, people trying to oh, support them. As you you so have hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. And this is what the Shona Project was very much inspired by. And I love the fact that you are now the mentor that you sh- you could have done with when you were that age. Tell me about uh, the Shona Project. And I love the fact that you've kept your sister's memory alive, by the way, as well with, with the name. Yeah, so in my mind, uh, we're doing it as a team um, and she's my partner in it. No, she she's not aware of that. But for me, it's mm. been very healing to be able to keep her close. Um, she was, you know, I was kind of the loud attention seeking, uh, energetic one and she was the gentle caring one. And she really wanted to work with kids in, in the future. And for me, this means that her life has had impact and that she's able to have impact in the world. And that's a really healing thing because Oh, are you there? Oh, you're there. You're there. We lost you just for a split second there. We lost you. Sorry, just go back to that last sentence. You're okay. You're okay. No, I was just saying if you if if you ever have an opportunity to take a positive out of a very mm. negative experience, it is very healing. So that's, you know, been lovely for me to do. Um, and we've been going for nearly five years now and meeting girls all over Ireland who are all you know, amazing, gorgeous, individual, unique girls who are who all of them in one way or another are trying to figure out who they are and, you know, um, yeah, and, and get through it. This this is it. Get through it. And, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of the challenges there and particularly now, you know, we are seeing a lot more of these challenges. Do you feel that girls um, feel that pressure more, like that girls will compare themselves to other people more? Girls maybe won't go for opportunities because they feel they're not good enough. Is this something that you see a lot? 100%. And this to me is a huge issue. So, Girls see, you know, in around 10 to 12,000 images a day of what they are supposed to look like. And most of those images are, are unattainable. And most of the women in those images don't even look like the women in those images. Mm. You know, they're, they're airbrushed or filtered. So and then in terms of media, they get messages from society about what we expect from them. We, you know, we expect them to succeed. We expect them to be beautiful. We expect them to be successful and smart and all of these things. Um, and we don't really encourage enough giving them time and space to figure stuff out and to make mistakes and to um, embrace everything about them that makes them different. Um, and that's what I think is causing all of this huge amount of stress. It's just, um, oh, it's it's just relentless. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you look at it, it's not just social media. It's really not like it's even how the older generation address them or mm. talk to them. And, you know, I think we need to just be kinder and more inclusive in our conversations with them. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and as you said, they're completely relentless. That's that's exactly it. You have written a book. The rest of us in the first lockdown were watching Tiger King and baking banana bread. You were very busy writing a book called You Got This. Tell me about this. Well, I did watch Tiger King. I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> yeah, and I loved it. You did need breaks. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, I, I had been given an opportunity. I actually just signed the contract to write the book a couple of days before the first lockdown. Um, it was an opportunity that came to me and it's something that I always wanted to do. Ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to write a book and um, I was given the opportunity and I, I had a conversation with my publisher just the day of lockdown and I said, Shoot, this is great. Like, we're all going to have loads of time on our hands and, you know, it'll be the perfect time to write a book. And I think a lot of us struggled with even putting sentences together for the first little while because it was such a shock to the system and I, I struggled a lot with you know what am I going to write like where do I even start but I just pictured myself at that age mm. and you know I, ha- I have a photo of myself at that age and I, I put that photo in front of me and I wrote a book that I thought would help that girl um, and then obviously there was a lot of experiences that I didn't have like coming out or eating disorders or um you know, there's a few other other bits and pieces like depression that I wouldn't have necessarily had, but I'd still think needed to be included. So we invited members of our community to share their stories. So I hope it kind of covers just about everything. Yeah. Um, oh, it's great. And I, I love that you have the student voices in there as well, which is fantastic. Um, you have some kind of pretty great top rules for life as well that you like to share with people. What, what are your top rules for life for teenage girls? This is your survival I- kit. This is my survival kit. Um, well, I mean, the first one is to, to I mean, I, I won't go through all 10, but yeah. I'll tell you some of my favourites. The first one is to accept that not everybody's going to like you. And I think once you make peace with that, but stop assuming that it means there's anything wrong with you, it gives you loads of freedom. Um, you know, because I meet lots of girls who are changing everything about themselves to fit in with everybody and to have everybody like them. And you know, I, I remember at that age being like, if I was just cooler, or yeah. if I was quieter, if I was louder, if I was, you know, sassier, if I was, if I read more, if I did all of these things, everyone would like me. And it takes such a huge amount of your energy. Um, so I think it's just, you know, you know I, I use the example, I think I use it in the book as well. Like people are like flavors of ice cream, you know, what you would like, I mightn't like, but it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with any ice cream. It's all fantastic. Um, and, and just to keep your, your social circle, circle quite small. So I always say as well in schools, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The people that you surround yourselves by need to bring out the best in you. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're hanging out with the wrong people. Um, I, I, I think one of the last ones in my top 10 is to keep an open heart. And I see this a lot with young people who get hurt mm. by friendships or, or, you know, in lots of different ways. I definitely closed my heart down so tight, locked it down when I was that age because I had been hurt and I, I was kind of standoffish and a bit moody and, and all of that. And it's only in the last couple of years since I started this work and really opened myself up to trusting people and letting people in that I've made amazing friends. So like being hurt and having your heart broken is a part of life. But if you shut yourself down completely, you'll miss out on amazing friendships with people of all ages and backgrounds. Um, Fantastic advice. And, and, you know, if you could go back, though, uh, to Tammy, aged 14, uh, who's struggling and going through all this. Are these some of the things that you would part to her? What would you like her to know? I think there's that, but like I'd also love to to tell her that, you know, the the things that she was going through are traumatic and mm. are challenging. And I think even to have named that and to have given myself permission 
to grieve or to ask for help or to struggle or to say, you know, like I'm, I'm having a hard time here and I'm finding this really stressful. Um, and to even just have had the space to talk about that. And a lot of what we do with the Shona Project as well is share our stories because yeah. it gives us the language to express ourselves. Like if I had heard somebody who'd been through what I'd heard about telling their story, I'd be able to say, well, that's what I'm feeling. And I just didn't even know how to say it or I didn't recognize it. So I think one of the key um, tools that we have as as women, young women, old women, men, whatever, is telling our story and using our voices. And it's such an empowering thing to do. So I would have encouraged her to talk up a little bit more and to say how she felt. Tammy, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your story and imparting some really great advice that I personally am going to take on board as well. I wish you every success with the book and with the Shona Project going forward. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks again for having me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.